Hello, everybody. It's Daphne from Laura Entertainment. We are sitting here with Marty King Young. She has worked on productions such as Annabelle, The Conjuring, along with doing a, many, many more things. So tell us about yourself, Marty. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm a writer. I'm a director. I produce from time to time. It's it's whatever's needed. I've worked in almost I've worked in locations I've worked in as a production assistant I'm a producer's assistant right now on an ABC series called Will Trent and it's just you know it's crazy that's me everything <laughs> Marty of all trades that's how I feel anymore <laughs> and yep. wanting to teach me how to operate cameras I'm like I don't need no more jobs I do everything already I don't need no more jobs <laughs> So what do you like yeah. doing? I had a mentor. Do what? I'm sorry. What do you prefer? I talked over you. You're fine. Oh, um, I really, I really, really, really love directing because I am really good at um, reaching people right where they're at. But I also love writing too, because I love finding the emotional core of something and um, producing. I hate, but I'm really good at it because I don't let anything fall to the side. So it's like one of those necessary evils, you know, I learned that I was, I was good at it and I've watched enough things now. Um, and I've been privy to enough bigger things now where I can see how important certain types of prep are now. So, um, yeah, with that, but I really, really, I just, I love directing. I love being able to break things down, working with people and, um, being like the the cheerleader on set kind of you know and you set the tone for people I like that as a writer you don't really get to do that you just get to go hey this is the tone of the film and then other people are in charge you know so I, I really like that but I do it all writing writing is really I mean it's it's hard but it's not depending on what you're writing about you know the writer's block good lord you know, but I mean, I, I think I adjusted with writing because uh, in school and college, which is funny because I have a degree and nothing I'm never going to use now, um, we'd have to write like 28 page papers every two days. So yeah. it wasn't, you know, a big deal as far as writing the directing. I like, I actually liked it the other day uh, when I played director, but producing, you're right. It, I mean, it's, Honestly, it's a pain in the ass sometimes, you know, <laughs> it is Yeah, because, everybody, you know, you, you have to, you have to trust people to follow through, but you, at the same time, you're also that sort of like that bulldog making sure people are following through the department head and yeah. everything. And I don't like doing that, but I mean, you have to somewhere. So I'm always. When I produce, I'm always having a plan A, B, C, and D, you know, like if this falls through, if this falls through, like pivot, like how fast can we pivot? And um, that's saved my butt more than a time or two. But yeah, it it, it is a pain in the butt. It is. It really is. I wish I could just trust people to do their jobs and everything would be great. And I would just be like, oh, all I have to do is direct. And usually I'm winding up doing both. <laughs> right. I know. I mean, I love having, always having plan A, B, C, regardless yeah. with anything. It doesn't matter what it is, anything. I've always got that. Um, one skill they teach motorcyclists, 
when you're riding on a motorcycle or when you're driving the motorcycle, you always have to have those exit strategies. So you got to hang back a little, you know, before you know which way you're going to have to go. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. in case. And it's actually a good thing in life too, if you use that in life, because yeah, there are the moments and some people don't follow through, you know, yeah. they don't. Oh, yeah. And that really sucks because people should be, you know, they should keep their word if they're going to yeah. do this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, so I'm how ready. long have you been doing this? You've been doing this for 25 years? Oh, um, I'd probably say 20, about 20 years. I started off in, uh, well, my dad worked for NBC, so I grew up in television. Um, and then um, I moved to Nashville and I went, I went to school. I got married, got divorced, put myself through school, put myself on an ambulance so I could take care of the kids because I could do that like in one semester. So I was an EMT for like six or seven years. I got tired of my back getting hurt. And so I was like, I need to get out of this. So I, I got a job at Vanderbilt um, in charge of uh, the student health program there. And from there, I found out that you could uh, audit classes one a semester. And I was reading this book about screenwriting called Your Screenplay Sucks, 100 Ways to Make It Great by William Akers. And I <laughs> loved it. And I was like, oh, I wonder if they've got a film program. And I looked it up and they did. And I was like, I wonder if they have a screenwriting program. And it was the author of the book and he was doing it. And I was like, it's a sign. So I started, I audited all the classes. So I basically have a Vanderbilt film degree, but no paper to prove it. <laughs> but from there, from there, um, he became my mentor. He's a really good friend now. He got me my first job. And then from there, it's just all, um, it's always just been, you know, somebody calls and checks up on you and, you know, and then it's, it's all people, it's all relational. And so then I've just, I've been working ever since. And then I moved from Nashville to Atlanta after about probably eight years of doing that. And then I've been here for five years. So where are you right now? I'm in Atlanta. In Atlanta? Yeah. Traffic. I hate the traffic down there. <laughs> it is the vortex of hell. Oh, oh my God. I can say. I know I'm going to agree with you on that because when I come, I came down there, um, the one, one time and it was seven 30 in the morning. And I was like, Oh, hell no. <laughs> hell no. All the time. It's like that at one in the morning, I'm like, what is going on? Why? Why? And then, Oh my gosh. And when Taylor Swift was here, I was like, I'm not even going outside. I'm not even going outside. I just stayed in. <laughs> it was insane. It's awful. I it's I tell everybody, especially incoming directors on our show, they're like, oh, we're 30 minutes or, or we're, we're 15 minutes away from the studio. And I'm like, give yourself an hour, give yourself an hour to drive. Like, oh no, we'll be here. It's 15 minutes. Nope. And they would be like, we should have given ourselves an hour to drive. And I'm like, called it. <laughs> like California, when you're going down the highways down there and, oh, we'll be there in a half an hour. See you in about five. Yeah. <laughs> you should have left a couple hours earlier. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's, it's and it's, it's the traffic is bad and the people drive stupid and I don't understand not using turn signals and I don't understand driving in the fast lane and slowing down to like 30 miles an hour. I don't understand that. Like move. Just move. <laughs> you got the right rage like I do. <laughs> Get out of my way. Yes. Like, what are you doing? Oh my gosh. And then they can't figure out four-way stops and God help you if you find a roundabout because nobody in America seems to know how to use those. And I'm like, it's so simple. 
please just just yield and go yield and go you may have to wait sorry okay a lot of angst on that <laughs> yeah. hey the first time I mean because the way where I grew up I mean it was all backwards and stuff I mean I grew up in Vegas but when I moved back here and they actually built a roundabout so this was like my first roundabout experience as far as driving it went, I went like in the circle and I'm like, what the hell? Can it just take me to the damn road? So finally, you know what I mean? It kind of cut off. I'm like, okay, I get it now. But it was weird because I was just circling. I'm like, okay, what the hell? And finally, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like that scene out of um, um, Christmas or not Christmas or um, family vacation where they're like, look, kids, big, big Ben parliament. They just keep going around Big Ben because he doesn't know how to get out of the circle. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Might actually been me. So <laughs> what was it like to work on the set of The Conjuring? It was really, really fun. We had such a blast. I was on The Conjuring 3. Um, and it was, it was really, really fun. Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson, absolutely beautifully people just beautiful people just they care about the cast they care about the crew they're amazing um the we had a little boy on the set he was always fun we had a lady who was just as tall as the little boy she was our contortionist so when he like gets possessed or whatever she's the one who's like cracking her bones and everything so they're both running around in pjs together it was like <laughs> something out of the shining <laughs> but it was it was it was really really fun it was um I mean, I just remember a lot of, we just, a lot of laughter and um, just, I think it was Gary Doberman's first time to direct. And um, no, he didn't do that one. I'm sorry. This was Michael Shaw's. So he had just finished La Llorona and he was, he was on here. So he was so excited. His, his enthusiasm was absolutely infectious. So Michael Shaw's would go to every department and he would be like, Hey, and we just like all jump, you know, I was working on locations on that way. And he'd be like, I just want you to know, I'm so glad y'all are here. We wouldn't have any of these sets if it wasn't for you. Thanks locations. And he'd go down and he'd be like, editing. I wouldn't have a movie if it wasn't for you. You know, you could just hear him like making the rounds. So that part was great. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was, um, we had, uh, I, that was the first time I had ever worked in locations and I was the coordinator on that one. Mm -hmm. So I learned a lot of things like I didn't know that locations was in charge of all of the porta potties and the water mains. I didn't know that they were in charge of anything like that or, you know, um, uh, setting up trash bins, you know, how many trash cans we need and stuff like that. So that was a really new experience for me. And so I learned a lot, made a lot of really good friends that I still talk to to this day, you know, um, but it was it was fun. We had some spooky stuff go on. <laughs> We had a, we had a piece, um, that was supposed to be the totem. And there was a girl there who is a card carrying Satanist. And so they would go to her and she would tweak it to make it be authentic for whatever this witch was. And I was like, okay, so <laughs> it, it kept disappearing and nobody knew where it was. Like, like we had a very good props department. Like when it was on the cart, nobody went near props, you know, and it would just be off the, and we found it, like, I think two, two stages over, like burned. <laughs> We're just like, who is doing, no, none of the, the, like no CCTV footage, anything like that. It wow. was just weird. So yeah. And we had, a, um, we would have an exorcist come out to the set 
he would come out. I think he came out three times total through the whole thing. Uh, they he gave us a blessing when we first started. We were um, doing some things. We kept having problems. I think with one of the closets, or it was the kitchen, and he came out and they had to do it again. And they were like, "We yeah, there's something here we need to address." Yeah. So they were they did that for a while, and you know we were hung back. And then afterwards, um, yeah, that was that was crazy. I mean, it was. I'm Have glad you it was heard there. the rumor about this movie though. The movies, um, not just that one. I I read something. When was it? Because I love the Conjuring movies. Um, I do too. It was maybe before they made the second one. I'm thinking, or it could have been after. Maybe it was before the third one. That the um see or the supposedly that the movie was cursed. Hmm. It it was. I can't even honestly remember who wrote that or where I read that, but it was about um the filming of it and it might have been back from you know the first one that I'm thinking yeah. and as far as like the Annabelle and all those movies like supposedly this is what it stated in this article that anything to do with that was basically cursed and I'm like you know I understand that sort of because a lot of the movies about possession and stuff like that I get it and I mean these stories are true but they're adapted you know but still did you ever get that vibe when you were on the set outside of what you just told me about? Did you ever get a vibe like that when you were on set? Um, I, I didn't, but I remember Vera had said that on the first one, she would leave and she'd have scratches on her back. So they had to stop and they brought in an exorcist from that. So I think they were bringing that on for her too. So she was getting scratches on the second one. Joey King was in it and she had some sort of problem where they she had to go get blood transfusions and they said there was a problem with her blood and as soon as she wrapped it was fine she was completely fine she's never had that problem since but they were literally having to do her entire schedule around I think blood transfusions if I'm not mistaken so when this came on everybody was like if you see something weird say something now like it was like don't hold it to yourself please we want to know it's you're no one's gonna laugh at you you know um I don't think, I, I I think we had, I'm trying to think, on the Annabelle movie, because I was on Annabelle Comes Home, we had a weird thing in the artifact room where the artifact room started shaking on its own. And um, it was, yeah, and it was unplugged, I think, because Bob Shelley was our our guy and he was like, that shouldn't be doing that. And everybody just sort of cleared out. And then the exorcist was brought in for that one. Um, but Ad says, I didn't think we had any problems with the cast getting sick. But again, I was in locations and I wasn't on that set very much. Is that why I was on like Annabelle? Annabelle was really fun. And McKenna Grace was in that one and she's so cute. <laughs> well, I asked because I mean, I have some people don't believe in paranormal, some people do. I do. Um, I actually have footage. I have an EVP of this house oh my. hit in the chest here. Ew. We, and um, I had taken a picture and I'd send it out to a couple people because I was concerned about the picture. I'll send that to you. I'll show you after we're done. Um, yeah. Just wondering, well, one medium was so worried that she wouldn't even text me back, you know, about it. This other medium 
Because in a picture like this eye right here is completely blacked out. This eye is about to black out. My nose was not my nose. My hair, there was a different color of hair underneath my hair. And mm. I'm just trying to figure out like what the hell's going on. So the woman had made the statement that I needed an exorcism. I'm like, so I reached out to a church, three of them. And they're more yeah. like, oh, you're on your own. Cause I have never gotten response back from <laughs> oh no oh my gosh that's why I asked because I'm really curious about paranormal stuff like that you know but it yeah. was just weird that it's happened to me and I mean this is something I have to deal with you know but yeah. it's just crazy but yeah. I mean like when you when you get on certain sets in the vibes and you can tell but movies like that based on you know truth but you know how they're written you know but yeah. it makes you wonder you're pretty much just watching like uh Okay. <laughs> Is anything moving on its own? <laughs> right. Well, we would like, they would be shutting off everything, you know, and they were like, oh, can you go grab that? And like, I, I remember they were like, PAs are like, I'm not going in there by myself. <laughs> I'm not going in there by myself. Someone's coming with me, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. And um, that was weird. But I will say that I was, a, um, I was scared to write any type of horror films. I've got ideas. But I was scared to write any horror films until I did Annabelle and the Conjuring because um, it sort of took that mysticism away from, you know what I'm saying? Like I could see you turn around and they're filming with Annabelle and then you turn over and you see the props trailer and you've got hero Annabelle, which is the Annabelle that's that just sits in the chair. And then you've got rubber Annabelle and that's the one you can throw all the all around when she attacks or whatever. And then you just have puppet Annabelle and she just sits there and she's got the thing, the, the stick up there where they turn her head you know, so she can look and blink her eyes or whatever. So, and then they have just like parts, like animal heads. There was a whole bottom shelf just of animal heads with a little wig and everything, you know? And I was just like, okay, so this is sort of taking this. Okay, I can do this. <laughs> like I, love I, <laughs> I am such a sissy though. I still have not seen Annabelle Comes Home because of that one shot of McKenna Grace, like looking down under the covers and she's like looking up at her and I'm like, how the heck did that doll get in your bed and you're not screaming right then? The moment I would have felt something in my bed, I would have been like, no, but I, I can't, wow. I, haven't, I haven't even watched it. I've seen The Conjuring 3, <laughs> but I, I, I binge watched all of them. I mean, cause I hadn't seen the third one and I think I made it like halfway through and then I got sidetracked with something of the second one. So I sat down one night and binge watched them all. I yeah. haven't seen all the Annabelle's. I've seen the first one and I might have seen part of the other one. Just like, I mean, I, but I love making horror movies because I was on wrong turn too. And I still, I know what we were doing and I knew, you know, the concept of the movie, but I have the movie, but I've only made it through halfway of that too. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> you know, what I mean? hey, you know, but <laughs> horror movies, people don't get that because they'll always ask me like, what's your favorite to, that you go? I'm like, I love horror movies. I really do. But I mean, yeah. I, I love all movies, you know, but horror, it's just fun because you get to throw blood and all this other crazy stuff is going on. And I'm sorry, you know, it's just, it's fun as hell. I love oh, it. Oh yeah. Our, our special effects crew and our visual effects crew love, it. I mean, that's their game. That's their jam. You know, they get to do all this stuff. It's great. They love it. And, um, it was, it was a really, yeah, those two are, those two are definitely my, some of my fun ones that I are <laughs> in my memory as just being completely fun I loved it I loved it so in the future because I, I didn't know about NDAs and all that great stuff do you have 
this could be a yes or no question. Any more horror movies on the horizon for yourself? That I'm going to write or that? Or even be a part of either or. I don't have anything in the future that I'm going to be a part of right now. Um, I'm in the process of writing a trilogy of horror films, supernatural horror. <laughs> um, and, but they're going to need a lot of work, I can tell. Because, you know, I'm not, I don't watch them enough to to know the correct beats if you want to say it like that you know where people but and I don't and I don't write jump scary stuff I mean every once in a while you can throw it in there but I like suspense more than um surprise so and that's that's a harder type of writing because you have to the audience has to be in on the secret and you can't let the character be in on the secret you know so they know it's coming and the you know your character can't so I've got a I've got a first draft of a, of the first one and then the second one it's gonna like follow a kid and then she's gonna be like in her teenage years I think and then she's gonna be older so that's it's gonna be like the trilogy just following her life. So I mean, do you have any tips later for aspiring? You know, anybody aspiring wanting to be in this business because this business it's hard and people just think it's so easy, but it is not easy. It's hard. It it it's it's very hard. Um, I would probably say if somebody's trying to break in. Uh, to see if your state has a film commission to, uh, because usually there's a, a website and I don't know how other states to do it for Tennessee and for Georgia, they list like everything that's coming to town or what's coming, what's around them. And you, um, this production companies have their email addresses. And so you can write and, and ask, you know, to be an office PA or a, or a PA just to start off. And then once you um, start doing that, you just start meeting people. People say that you should network. And I don't really like that term at all because networking to me is like you go to a really stuffy soiree and people are at high boy tables drinking gin or something and trading war stories. And you're just trying to hand out your business card. And I think it should just be called making friends because that's how you're going to get jobs. You're just going to, you just go to somebody and you find out if you vibe or not. And if you don't, that's okay. They're going to have a completely different niche of anything that you're going to work on. You know, like this is really, people think it's such a competition. It's really not because your voice is separate and different than everybody else's. And you're always going to bring something that's different, whether it's in your directing or your, your ability to manage while you're producing or while, with your writing. So I would just say, you know, go hang out with sets and go hang out on sets and be nice to people. Or if there's not a film, if there's not a film commission, um, check the local universities to see if they have film, um, film classes, you know, there. And you don't have to take the classes. I mean, if you're an actor, you can sit there and you can send in your resume to them because the students have to make films. So then you start getting acclimated with, with kids when they're starting out. A lot of people toss that aside too, but those kids are going places, you know, like it, what, 20 years ago, who was JJ Abrams making lost, right? But before that, everybody was like, oh, he's a cute little kid, right? <laughs> I mean, and then, and then also, um, you know, get to know, get to know the assistants of, of people like director's assistants and producer's assistants, because yeah. Um, we, I, I tease people and I say, I produce the producer, which is exactly true. You know, I know when the meetings happen and I, when I know what happens in the meetings and, um, and I know what, I know timings and I know how to check ahead of things. So if there's questions, you know, they'll always, they always want to help. 
and also respect them too, because they're not always going to be assistants. So people like to forget that too. And they just think we're just some lowly position. And while we are, and we don't have like a, a union for assistance, um, it's still, we're the ones who are making content and, you know, doing things on our own too. Mm -hmm. So it's all about making friends. It's all about just getting yourself out there, getting your name known. Um, don't be pushy, just be helpful. If you go uh, like with altruism on your mind and just be like, how can I help you? I really just want to help you. And you don't ask for anything in return. You're going to find people opening doors for you all over the place because you're not reeking of desperation and you're not coming across like some weird leech, you know, you know, them when you see them and yeah. so do producers and directors and you can feel it. And, you know, everybody, everybody's met some people like that before and nobody likes to be around them. And nobody let likes me, to be let around me bring this to your attention. And this is something oh. that I've had an actual issue with. Um, okay. How do you feel about actors that are just going up and down people's IMDb pages and contacting people like Oof. producers, directors, people that sh they really people that have affiliation to films um what's your opinion on that because there are people I, that do that yeah I think um because I I'm on the other side of that so I can see I see when these things come through and it makes the those people look extremely amateurish because they should have an agent that's doing that for them to get them their jobs and it does not help them and uh, I know that everybody says there's not a blacklist in Hollywood, but there's a blacklist and everybody has one. Every producer, every director has one. There's people that they will not work with. And when stuff like that pops up, that usually winds where, where they wind up. I mean, if they, if it's a different, I mean, if you're just reaching up out of the blue, you don't have anything to talk about. You don't know that person. See, you're networking. And it comes across as networking, a leech, and desperation. And they're not going to respond to that. So that's, exactly. That's I've had <laughs> I've actually had that happen. People reaching out to people that they should not be reaching out to, mm -hmm. in my opinion, is well, nobody will work, nobody's going to work with you if you're doing that. You you first you gotta earn that right in this business to be able to contact people, you know. Yeah don't contact these people if you're just an actor it's not right and it's not good it's never going to look good on you because they they think the industry is so big that people don't talk and that's where it's wrong <laughs> right this is this is a, such a small contained industry i know it looks so big because we're so spread out but it's insane like i i work with people in, in Atlanta and I'll get called out from LA. You know what I'm just saying? Like everybody knows everybody. Um, I worked with like on class of 09 that just dropped on Hulu. I worked on that. Our first AD that came over, Chris Kringle. And yes, that's really her name. <laughs> I like that. Um, she, yeah. Right. We, um, and then I, I found out that she had worked with my best friend out there with Joe Carroll. And I was like, 
we both know Joe. So then we started taking pictures, you know, so and now we're friends for like forever. So it's just stuff like that. It's just everybody knows everybody. Everybody talks. And if it's not, I don't know a certain person, I flip and guarantee you it's less than three degrees away from this, the person I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. It's it's so it's just don't be that person. Whatever you do, please don't be that person. Just don't just don't get yourself yeah. some representation and help out. Just help. Just help other people. <laughs> I know. That's all I can. They don't I don't think they realize like how irritating it is. You know what I mean? Because me, I'm on I'm on every side pretty much. I mean, I, I do, you know, acting, but I do the management. And then I run lore and I also do producing and now apparently I'm directing and I mean, you, you work your way through the channels, but I mean, I've been doing this for a while, you know? So of course I become friends with everybody I work with. I'm, I'm a people person big time. Like I love people, but when people are sitting there and yeah, I mean, you just watch them do like the dumbest things and and then they want to say, oh, well, you're, you're being, no, we can call. And I'm like, no, you can't, you cannot just randomly call somebody like that. You know, it's not okay. It's not, you know, but there's an etiquette. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you have to earn your place and earning your place is basically, you know, show up, do the yeah. job, don't start, you know, shit, basically, you know, go right, right. do what you're there to do you know, you're going to meet different right. people on every single set. So make, make it count while you're there. Yeah. yeah. They'll be and to, to you. earn your place. Too. Yeah. And right. And to earn your place too, usually doesn't mean I can call them at whim. It usually might mean a text. Like I never, <laughs> I don't call anybody unless it is like a dire emergency or my producer says, call somebody. And I'm like on it. Cause I've been told to call, right. I have a mission, but like, I don't sit there and I don't, I don't call James Wan and be like, yo, congrats. You know, <laughs> I don't do that. You know, I'll be like, maybe I'll send a congratulatory email, but that's it. And even then I, I didn't really, I mean, I was his assistant and he was great, but we didn't have that type of relationship and I'm not going to force that type of relationship on somebody either. And if it's not organic, it's not going to stick, Yeah, you know? And I think if people would just take a second and be like, okay, if I was doing surgery, if I was a doctor performing surgery and I had everybody around me that I needed handing me the things I needed, would I want the janitor to poke their head in and go, Hey, Hey, you need anything here? Here's a scalpel. Here's a, you need a scalpel. You want a scalpel? Hey, you want a scalpel? And you're sitting there trying to work on this thing that could bleed out at any moment. And you're like, no, get away from me. It's kind of like the same thing. Because <laughs> the life or whatever project they are working on, it is literally like that to them, you yeah. know? So, yeah, just, yeah. yeah. That's all I have to say. I mean, just, it's okay. I once you, are basically a part of the team and you know you're ready to go with these people to film and you've built that relationship because me it starts with I prefer you know the email first and then you know we'll shoot a text and then hell yeah by the time we're normally bullshitting or talking anyway so it's not going to matter so then that's when I move it to the phone like here's my real number 
call me on this number when yeah. you never, you know, I don't care yeah. because I'm normally up late anyway. Everybody's on different time zones. So it's like <laughs> it, it, going to sleep early for me is just like not an option, you know, ever. But I mean, I'm, I'm a phone person. I love, I'll, I'll text what I need. And then if it's important and I know those, you know, what I've written, hey, just call me at this point. You know, if you're going to write me a book, call me, pick up the phone. I have no problem with that. Just call you know, yeah. if we've got that kind of relationship, if it's right. a random right. person that I really ha have not worked with long, you know, then it's drop me a text, shoot me an email until we can get on board. And then, like you said, you just meet people. Sometimes you don't jive, you know, and yeah. that's when you just do your job and on to the next project. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. Because I mean, there's been people that I don't particularly you know, get, I get along with everybody, but it's not somebody that I would go and hang out with after work. Let's just say that, right. It's just like, okay, I'm, I'm working very well with you because I have to, but you're not somebody that I would, I really, I mean, I, I was indifferent. Right. Yeah. But because I was always nice and pleasant and kind and, you know, things like that, they still referred me to a job. It's better than, you know, and that's helpful. That's networking, you know, and, and I'm just like, I don't, I don't understand because I've seen people really do a lot of damage to their careers by like, if they don't like somebody on a set, they just let everybody know they don't like the person on the set. Instead of just, shh, you don't have to let everybody know. just be quiet. And why, first of all, why are you having a problem with somebody? And why do you have to be that vocal about it? Grow up. You're not in the fourth grade. Right. And then it's just, and then they've, they've, shot themselves in the foot so badly because number one, now they're gossiping about somebody, whether it's true or not, because I'm the type of person I'm like, I haven't heard both sides of this story. I'm not involved. I'm, I have not, I'm, unless I hear both sides, I'm not going to weigh in on this. That's just me. But, but also because they're, they're sort of like peddling the negativity around the set and everything. And that's just bad. It's, it's just bad. Nobody it's, it's hard enough to make a movie, a show, a series, you know, a webisode, it's hard enough. You don't need the extra stress of two people not being able to work together. Be a freaking team player. That's all I have to say. Thank That's you for coming to my about it. And I mean, <laughs> I've gotten called some pretty choice words about it, but I'm just like, look, we have work to do, you know, and all of the, the bullshit basically is exactly what it is. It's bullshit. And that's when I normally get called them choice words, but I don't care because it doesn't offend me. I grew up with eight brothers, you know what I mean? What, whatever, oh you know, <laughs> whatever. And I mean, but I'm like, you, you just don't want to hear the truth. And yeah. that, that's what it is. I'm brutally honest. A lot of people don't know how to take that. And they're just like, she's a bitch. And I'm like, it's not me being like that. It's just, we have stuff we've got to do. And you guys, you're either on board or you're not. If I see you're going to be a problem before we get it started, you're gone as soon as I see the problems arising. And it doesn't matter to me. And I'm like that with everybody, you know, and you got to keep the ship running. It's going to run, you know, but yeah. I mean, if you're a problem person, then you just, you got to go, you got to go. Yeah. You know, I can't, I can't do it at all. <laughs> so do you have a motto that you live your life by? I ask everybody that one. Oh my gosh, a motto. Um, you know, my, I do, my son created Wonder Boy, right? That's the adventures of Wonder Boy. That was a short film I made for him. He's in it. 
and he's a superhero in Wonder Boy, obviously. And his motto is help others and make a difference today. And I think that is probably what it is. That's, that's definitely it. Yeah. Help others and make a difference today. Um, yeah, that would be it. <laughs> and of course my, and then I, I mean, my mentor, he told me, if you learn how to do everything, you'll always have a job. And I saw some people who were like, well, I'm a director. I don't need to PA. And I was just like, well, I'm going to go PA and I'm a director because I'm going to go meet a new crew and I'm going to learn some stuff from these people. Even if they're kids, you don't know where they're going. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a girl that sat next to me in my screenwriting class. And now she's like one of the top agents over at CAA. I'm like, y'all don't know who we are. <laughs> you, never, you never know who anybody is. So, but help others. That's true. Make a <laughs> You know, even if it's just as little as walking past somebody like costumes or something and just go, you know what? I know nobody ever says this to you, but thank you for doing what you do. And you're valuable. I see what you do. And they will all of a sudden bend over backwards because it's the, it's the payment, not even really a payment, but you know, it's the acknowledgement of the hard work and the blood and sweat and tears that people do that, um, that will endear them to you. And, and it's, and I'm not saying that, like, that's what I go out to do. I mean, I'm not going around, you know, being like, Oh, I need to have a customer in my back pocket. I'm going to go run to cost. You know what I'm saying? I don't do that. But I mean, it's, it just genuinely help others, even if it's with your words. And that's what makes a difference. I think <laughs> you, so. you learn so much. I mean, working on, I've pretty much, I think I've probably worked on almost every department almost. And it's just like, I, I love to learn. That's my thing. I love to learn. So if it's something new to me, I'm like, okay, let's do it. If I know I can't do it and I'll tell you, I can't do it. <laughs> There's no way in hell I can do it. I'll admit I can't do it, but you're right. You know, if you learn how to do everything, you will always have a job no matter what it is and yeah. you, being useful, you know? everybody starts somewhere. And that's what I try to tell a lot of people. I'm like, and you never really know who you're on them sets, just like short films. They bring bigger directors in for them short films. You'll never have a clue or sound guys or makeup or anything that are working on big sets. You're never going to know. And they're taking notice of everybody that they're working with that way there, they can already see who will be a problem. And they're going to go back and talk, you know? It's, oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Definitely one thing. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. So I think we are going to wrap this up. I want to say thank everybody for watching. Thank you guys for watching. Thanks to Marty, definitely for coming on. I definitely need more women to come on the show. Well, I mean, little series thing that I do because I mean, it's all men. And I also just brought a woman, a woman director on and they're like, well, we see you put a woman in. I was like, there's too many guys on the project. I'm like, that's a lot of just testosterone. <laughs> I grew up with eight brothers, so I'm used to being around guys, but damn, man, we need some women. And that's what yeah. I started bringing in the women. <laughs> but, yeah, we're definitely saying thank you, Marty, and we look forward to having you back. Definitely. Hey, love to come back. We're going to close out, and we will see you guys next time on Lore. Thank you for watching.
Would you bless me?